Hi, I'm Scott Curtis, and this is Pod Around and Find Out. It's a podcast. You listen to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pod Around and Find Out. I have my friend and fellow podcaster, Jeff Dwoskin, on the show today. Jeff is a host of Classic Conversations, which is a very popular podcast where he talks to pop culture icons from all over the world. Time, timeline, timeline and world. You, you, you get the 70s folks, you get the 60s folks, you get the 80s folks, you get the 90s folks, you get the current folks, you get all the folks, and you do a fantastic podcast, and you are also behind a really cool thing called Stampede Social that we'll be talking about a little bit later. Thank you for being on the show, Jeff. I'm what they call a polymath. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be here, Scott. It's always good to hang with one of Jeff, as else. you know, you were... You're one of my first podcast friends, and even though we're virtual friends, I feel like we're good friends, and I'm very Likewise. thankful that you're on the show. Likewise. I feel the same way about you, 100%. 100%. Yes. And just so you know, I nominated you to be featured in Podcast Magazine, the new owners of Podcast Magazine. I don't know if you saw that on the Instagram or not, but I, I nominated you, and hopefully they will be in touch. Ooh, I like that. Who's the new owners? I don't know. Some dude. All right. <laughs> he's got he's got big, big plans. Yeah. Why, Wendy? <laughs> yeah. And I think under Instagram, they are the Podcast Mag. I think that's their... Or, uh, All right, on I'll check them out. I'll check them out. Yeah, yeah. But I nominated you last night or the night. I, I don't remember. Anyhow, oh, thank you. Um, and I and I nominated you. No, you didn't. No, <laughs> I would have saw it. I went through all 160 comments. I didn't see it. <laughs> I'll have to check. It. Thank you. I appreciate. But uh, folks, Jeff has been a good friend, and I think I, I think this is really proof that you you know. One good thing about the internet is, is you don't necessarily have to be in the same room with somebody to get to know them and become friends. And, you know, Jeff and I have never met in person, and I, I hope to remedy that sometime. I, um, I will give you a giant hug, and I am giant, so it'll be very <laughs> awkward for you. <laughs> I have no concept of how tall you are because we're always sitting. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm six five. You're and, six five. Uh, yeah. Well, you yeah. have a tower over me, jeez. Yeah, and I am uh, slowly turning into Billy Corgan. So uh, it's actually that. not slowly, very quickly. Take take the glasses off and look. Yeah. It's Billy Corgan. I think you could probably get one of those morph tools where you can mor literally morph morph yourself right into. Yeah. It. yeah. I tried to tag him on that post I did on Instagram, and it. Uh, I got a message back saying you can't tag Billy Corgan. So uh, you could probably just put it in the caption. I tried. Oh, even in can't. the caption. When you say tag, do you mean literally like tag the photo? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. put it in the caption. Like it's part of the. Oh, I'll try that. Yeah, try that. I'll try that. I'll add it. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's great to connect with you. You are one of the first people I thought of when I started pot around and find out. You've been there for me in my downtimes, and you're you're just a good guy. And, and I, I definitely appreciate that. 
but I, I really want to get into podcasting because podcasting has become such a shit show. I mean, what is it like 9,000 new podcasts start per day and like three of those go more than seven episodes. Is, is that the stats? You know, it's, yeah, I think it is actually. <laughs> and well, you know, the problem with podcasting is also what I get so, so great about it is that there's no barrier to entry. You could right. in theory just on your phone, start recording something and upload it as a podcast. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, but even if you don't do that, like, you know, I use a very expensive soundboard, but I didn't start that way. I started with a $30 soundboard and I just used, you know, probably the free zoom at the time. And I probably invested a hundred dollars in a mic. Um, and you know, and I use audacity, which is free and I, you know, to edit. So, mm -hmm. you know, and then you can buy a, you could, there's so many hosting things that you can do that are free, which I'm very against free. And, you know, but, but even not paid, it's even not free, it's $10, right? right. And so, yeah. I mean, so collectively, I've upfronted maybe $150 with a $15 monthly thing, right? So it's pretty cheap. But the problem is people don't understand the time that goes into it, at least not to make it good. Uh, the time to make it good. It's like, you know, if I do a podcast episode, you know, if I, if I'm interviewing Sharon Glass, I'm going to read her book. We both interviewed Rita Rodner, right? So like, yes. so we both read her book, right? I don't know how long it takes mm -hmm. you to read. I'm not the fastest reader. Uh, I don't, I don't consider that a burden, but it's a few hours. I mean, you know, at some point, you know, like you're, you're chunking through it, but it's a few mm -hmm. hours. I listen to other interviews she's been on to get a feel what kind of conversationalist she is. Um, you know, I read articles, I'll watch clips, maybe some part of, if not all of a stand-up special, you know, so that's just the pre, <laughs> you know, yeah. then, then you spend an hour with her and then you got to edit and that takes hours too. And then, you know, so suddenly it's like that one hour could be anywhere from four to seven hours, depending on what it is when I interviewed Gail and Heard, I watched Terminator 2, Aliens 2. Now, granted, that wasn't a burden to spend those four right. hours yeah. watching those, but I did it, you know what I mean? So, because I wanted to be able to talk to her about you know the important movies that she was part of, and so you know, a lot of these people they start and they just go, they just think they just show up and go, Tell me about how you're a comedian. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, come on, you know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they just don't know how to do it. And it's like, so. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. So <clears throat> one point of interest, my first mic was $26, and it was not money well spent. No. <laughs> if you're going to spend money on well. anything, anyone listening, spend it on the mic. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but the funny thing is, and one of the reasons I like your podcast is that one of the things I do is – if you've got somebody on that I'm interested in, then I'm going to listen to them on other podcasts. And the funny thing is, is, a lot of these people that are doing like they're doing promo tours or whatever they're doing, they get on they get on these other podcasts and the people ask those types of questions. And, and it's supposed to be a professional podcast. Like, how did you get into comedy? You know, why, you know, why did you write this book? You know, just 
open-ended questions, okay, that's fine, but they don't know anything. They're, they know that there's a book, they know the title, they may have read a chapter, and that's it. And yours, you always, so you've got the ability, which I admire and I try to emulate, of listening to what your guest says and understanding what they're passionate about and taking them down that trail versus you know, versus having you know a ton of notes in front of you you ask a question they answer it and you're just waiting for them to get done answering so you can ask the next question that's what so many of them are and you have the ability to go with the flow and that's that i think that's what makes yours a cut above i appreciate that thank you and but that part of that is over preparation right so i do yeah. have depending on the guest, I can have anywhere from five to 20 pages worth of notes. And I, I have it like set up where I have them pasted all around me and stuff. Yeah. And like, and like, and then I have them open on my screen too, you know, like the, the word doc that I printed it from, yeah. so I can search to it real quick if I need to. But what's great is like the idea of being overprepared is let's say like I'm interviewing you and I, and I have a whole section wrote up about your original podcast behind the bits. So I'm like, I'm ready to ask. Well, if I don't have to ask you, hey, Scott, about uh, behind the bits uh, and then bring you into it, if somehow you, which likely you will do, at some point you just start talking about that podcast, then I can just pivot right into it. I've got all my information right there. I can just be feeding it in. So it just sounds like I'm brilliant, right? <laughs> but it's just that I was yeah. prepared and I was just like, and I just shift my notes around if it doesn't go in the direction. I think that's the key is being really prepared to take the guest through the journey, but also right. if they're not, sometimes the guest doesn't lead you through the journey, right? They need to be mm -hmm. led. So you have to, that's why I think it's important to listen to somebody on other shows to get a feel right. of what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. And so with that in mind, you know, kind of, I always try and start off with something different, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. something that's not going to, something that's going to kind of throw them off. If it's, sometimes it can be Detroit related because I'm from Detroit. Um, it can be just some random thing that I found in their, in their bio, you know, where something they're not used to talking about, you know, because then mm -hmm. it gets them in a different frame of mind. When you're interviewing someone who does a lot of interviews, they tend to say the same things over and over again. And you can, once they go into that, that trope that they have, they they'll repeat the entire thing. You could almost lay podcasts yeah. on top of each other. So to try and avoid that, because really your goal is try and get them to give at least more to that story or a different version of it or the next right. part of that story. You know, so that's the best way to. Uh, the only way you can do all that is to prepare. Yeah, yeah, and I like the preparation part because I really. You know, 99% of my guests are people I want to talk to. So the preparation part's fine, but the post, all the editing stuff, I hate it. I, I would love to have enough money to pay somebody to do it, but my control freak instincts would probably not let me do it anyway, even if I was a millionaire. So whatever. I've tried. I've tried to do that. And it's like, you know, it's hard because, you know, somebody just, the podcast I just had live, she responded back to me and said, you did an amazing job editing this podcast. And it's funny because a lot of people don't edit. 
And I'm like, you got to edit. You know, I read something interesting today. I don't remember where one of the podcasts, 50 podcast newsletters I get, but it said what you're doing is you're creating a product for your listener and your listener doesn't want to hear rambly bullshit and, you know, people who can't remember something and stuff like that. And so it's one thing if, while you're having the conversation, but then clean it up, tighten it up. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you, if you record 50 minutes and you don't end up with 42 minutes, then you're probably doing something wrong. You know what I mean? And it's not like, it's like, you know, I listen to stuff and, you know, I try not to be like, I try not to be over uh, critical of other people's podcasts because everyone does their own thing. And I don't, I didn't set out to do anything a particular way. I just do things the way I would want to do them. Mm-hmm. But if I'm listening to a conversation and I'm like, why am I, why, why would I, I'm not getting anything out of this. I don't need you just talking to someone. I don't, I don't know. I don't need to know Kato Kalen's favorite color. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, these, yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm going to end with the same five questions. What's your favorite food? I don't care what Kato Kalen's <laughs> favorite food is. You know what I mean? It's like, it, those aren't the, like, I don't do, um, those publicity things, publicity tours, one, because I feel like I should get paid if it's a publicity tour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and two, I don't it's like talking to someone for five minutes. I don't get anything out of that. Uh, right. And, and two, I have no interest in asking. Um, so, uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Will Wheaton, tell me what was the inspiration behind your character in stand by me? I don't care. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> there might be people who do care. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, but I don't get anything out of that. Well, right. you know, I did this. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. That's just not the part of entertainment and stuff that, that interests me and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So the questions I ask and the directions I go generally are where, you know, I ask, I ask the, I try to do the interviews that I think other people would want to listen to based on what I would want to listen to. Right. That's, that's yeah. my goal. Sometimes I've, yeah, I've, Sometimes, obviously, I'm better at it than other times. But yeah, yeah, and that's really that's really the same thing I do, except for this podcast. I've decided to be totally selfish and only talk to people I absolutely want to talk to, and just put it out there so that it's recorded. You know, I, I'm not even worried about an audience that much. I just I just want to do it, and and that's that's really. I guess, I guess it's a freeing thing for me because I don't have any expectations. You know, I, I recorded my own intro. It's like 20 seconds long and I used audacity. I'm not paying anybody to do an intro for me on this one. Uh, And I'm just, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be low budget. And, and I like that. Now you've done, how many interviews have you done now? I've released about to over 210 but i've probably done closer to 250 plus damn so out of those interviews did anybody really surprise you that they were way different in the interview than you expected i always say like i i didn't have any expectations of ted neely and he was Jesus mm-hmm. Christ and Jesus Christ Superstar. It's interesting, like, because 
sometimes I I interview people and I don't know who they are. Okay, so mm-hmm. legit, I didn't grow up watching Jesus Christ Superstar, and but one of the people who was a huge fan of my show one day DMs me and says Ted Neely is looking to do interviews because they have a documentary on Jesus Christ Superstar called Superstars. So I said, all right, you know, if one of my super fans, <laughs> I, I looked, I'm like, you know, I mean, it seems still had no idea. And, you know, they said yes. And so, you know, I watched the movie, I watched the documentary and um, had such a good time talking to them. I've had people, random people email me going, it was so fun just to listen to the two of you laugh together because me making him laugh is, you know, forget everything else was something that they found very um, unique to the interview, you know? Yeah. And, but such a good time. I've, I've never immediately clicked with someone like that. Mm. And here I had no real background, but here's the funny. So the funny part about that is it's like, so afterwards I've had people come up to me and Carol Baskin, funny enough, is the other person. Is uh, and they'll go, they'll if they're trying to give me cred, they'll say, "Oh, he had Ted Neely on his show." I'm like, "Oh, uh-huh. you had Ted Neely on your show?" Now, to me, still, I don't really <laughs> outside of yeah. the world of me interviewing him, I really don't, you know, know him. And uh, but I had workmen at the house. I'm like, "You know who Ted Neely is?" And you go, "Oh yeah, I've seen Ted Neely in concert." You want me to start singing "Jesus Christ Superstar" right now? I mean, it's like. <laughs> I was like, you know, so I was like, oh yeah, I interviewed him. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Then I'm acting all cool, right? Yeah. Whatevs. <laughs> yeah. He was on my show. Yeah. And but you know, it's like it's like one of those things. It's it's funny because I focus a lot on people and I reach out to a lot of people that I want to talk to or I think would be interesting mm. to talk to. And when I'm fortunate when some of them say yes. And but I'm also fortunate that people will introduce me to people and sometimes those people i found just as interesting if not more interesting and enjoyed those conversations and those relationships and stayed in touch with those people as well and you know who i never would have known existed you know Mm -hmm. like the the current person on my show right now uh, monique raymond she's a foley artist i didn't really even know what foley was it's funny my daughter did she goes oh yeah that's the sounds they make the sounds it's not sound effects but it's like literally like on they make the sounds that don't really have sounds to give context to the when you're watching it so you think you're hearing it so like on fear factor this is a literal thing she did when they're eating the roaches they're making Mm -hmm. the noises the crunching of the roaches and stuff that's a noise being made like you know that kind of thing like when you're watching survivor and the games are happening all the noises you're hearing are being manufactured because there is no real sound going on. Otherwise, it would be boring as as all hell. Yeah, and uh, and so it's not like sound effects on it, but it's like those, you know, just the tangential ones. And yeah. like, so it was a fascinating interview, you know. And it's like, and then, you know, I met the person who wrote the puppy episode for Ellen. That was the episode where Ellen came out. And that's, you know, she won an Emmy for that. And it's considered one of the most important television episodes ever, you know, and she was tired of telling the story, but I got her to, I'm like, no, you're going to tell it, (laughs) you know, we're talking about it. I've never heard it. So there's gotta be a lot of people that haven't heard it. You know what I mean? So that's how I always look at it too, is, you know, a lot of us talk to the same people 
So it's like I try to, you know, make mine as unique as possible to me. Part of that's always going to be the host and the relationship you just have with your guest. But yeah. I like how you have all the notes ready to go because it's a choose your own adventure thing. So I'm thinking maybe you should change a name to Jeff Dwoskin's choose your own adventure podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it used to be the Jeff Dwoskin show. There was uh, the Jeff Dwoskin comedy show and then live from Detroit, the Jeff Dwoskin show. And then it became classic conversations, which I'm glad about. I'm happy about that. So, yeah, I like it. I like it. So when you're trying, when you're trying to, you're actually trying to put out a good product and you're trying to actually maybe even make some money with it. What are your biggest frustrations? My biggest frustrations is that we live in an industry where people just pretend certain shows just go to number one and become super famous. Julie Louis Dreyfus, I'm sure, has a great podcast. But, you know, congratulations on starting six months ago and then being the number one podcast on Amazon and, and Apple and all this and was debuted at number one. And everyone's like, ooh, she made a podcast and it debuted at number one. And it's like, yeah. it's amazing. And, and congrats to the, you know, the folks that made it with her. That's not what I mean, but it's like, let's not, let's, we got to start pretending that these things just happened. Didn't happen. A lot of money went behind that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean? there's a lot. And so the problem is that us, we can't compete with that. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, and unless you want to put, you know, tens of thousands of dollars into your own podcast, um, which can pay off, you know, yeah. I had a friend that it paid off. He's in the top 20 podcasts now. He's, retired and living off his or retired real job and work full-time podcaster, you know, probably making tens and tens of thousands of dollars a month. So, you know, but yeah. But he had to, he had to invest a lot to get there. A lot. Yeah. Promotion, publicist, and all that stuff. He was smart. He was savvy. He knew what he was doing, but you know, and it worked out. So, uh, and he had a great show. So, I mean, it was a combination of all those things. So, uh, but you know, but for most people, that's why there's so much pod fade is people don't talk about what it really takes. You know what I mean? I mean, think about how many yeah. TV shows that people spend millions upon billions of dollars to make, don't even make it two episodes or don't make it past the pilot. Right. Or we never even right. see and uh, all the money that went into it. And so when, you know, when we all started, and we're doing it and we're getting 10 downloads and we're like, right. It took you to win some kind of big thing. Right. And then that shot you up to like over 10,000 an episode. Right. But you won this like best host thing. Right. But it's like, yeah. but that's an anomaly. I mean, you deserved it. That's not what I mean, but you know, but then everyone who didn't win, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. there's only so many of those things, you know, that, that can propel. And so unless like by coincidence, you, happen to know someone that mentions your podcast or, you know, it's just something happens. It's like, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, it's like, so then 50 doesn't sound like a lot, you know, when it's a lot, right. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's not a lot given the effort that you're putting into it, but you know, if I do something and a thousand people listen to it every week, I mean, that's a thousand people, you know I mean? Now, granted yeah. there's other, smart list has 50 million, but, but you know what I mean? But I mean, you know what I'm saying? So it's, 
Yeah, but can we talk about Smartless? I, I don't know enough to talk about it other than what. Ha, it, have you ever listened to it? I've listened to some episodes. I, I don't. It it goes against my philosophy of which they use. They have the philosophy. Correct me if I'm wrong. That one person knows who the guest is and the other people don't. Right. Yeah, but it's just bad. Well, it, what I mean is, and, like, and, I think, and it, I like, I like those guys, but them, you know, three quarters of it is just them dissing each other, and and then they don't really know what they want to talk about. With it's just, it's a mess, and they're not all like that. Like Conan O'Brien's is great. Well, because he's, he's an he's interviewer. interviewer, he knows how he knows yeah. how to interview. He knows how to prep. That's his thing. Well, with Smartless, and again, I, I don't, I haven't listened to that many of them. So, and then I, and I'm not knocking. I mean, they're not, you know, I should be as popular as Smartless. But like, the idea that two people don't really know about it uh, to me probably means they don't really have enough time. So let's create a construct where you don't have to. <laughs> it's yeah. just part of the vibe yeah. of why we don't know anything. And then, right. but that, but to me, then how deep can you really go? Unless somebody then hands them notes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. because this is what I've learned is we've all, okay. So I'm talking to Gail and Heard. for those who don't know, Gail and Heard, she was married to James Cameron. She was the executive producer of, she's one of the most powerful women in Hollywood. She was the executive director of the walking dead. She did the Terminator executive director of the Terminator with James Cameron and the abyss and terminate and terminator terminator 2 aliens you know like every major movie that you watched in that time frame yeah. gail and hurt i mean incredible person you know but i rewatched the terminator i re if i hadn't rewatched the terminator i wouldn't have realized that oh bill paxton's in this for half a second you know what i mean <laughs> or you know like or like you start you know because you only going by a faint memory of something doesn't isn't great for a conversation it's okay if something right. randomly comes up and you go oh, oh yeah oh i remember that wasn't that that's one thing if you're not really gonna talk about it but like mm. in general like to have a real conversation with the names that they have you really should have like some top line information ready to go and some you got to refresh those memories you know what I mean? yeah yeah and I, I'm just going to say it right here. You are not dissing Smartless, but I am dissing Smartless. <laughs> I just want to say, Smartless guys, I don't, I, I, I don't know what you're trying to do. But when I listen to your podcast, it makes me angry, and it makes me sad for podcasting. So just, I'm just putting it out there. I know you're never going to listen, but I'm sorry. It, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this has been <laughs> a Scott Curtis PSA. Um, no, but you know, I, but I get it, but that's part of the, you know, the, the celebrities seem to rule the roost. It's like, you know, yeah, let us have something, you know, go back to, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And <laughs> but like, but know, like Smartless what, is now like Oprah or like the Oprah show or whatever. Right. Right. Those shows become the places. Now, if you look at their guest list, I, they don't, I'm sure they don't have to ask anyone to be on their show. They're just, Oh, we're doing this. We're doing this, you know, and then, you know, mm -hmm. they have all these big names, but they also probably right. know them. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's fine. But what they put out is not good. I, I don't like it. Okay. And uh, that's, that's the hell I'm going to die on. So there you go.
Well, I'm you, glad you, you heard like, it here. Glad you like my podcast. <laughs> I like yours much better. I. Uh, it's funny. I'm 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 having a small stroke right now. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> That's why you take notes. <laughs> so social media, you have been like a social media guru since Twitter days. Yep. Before the bad man took over. And you understand trends and hashtags and all that kind of stuff. What is the deal with social media, Jeff? What is the deal with the algorithm? Talk to me. It just changes all the time. So <laughs> just don't try and get, don't go crazy with it. Uh, <laughs> just put out good content. That's all you can do. You know what I mean? Uh, that's all you can do. So, it's all about the hook. You gotta, uh, you gotta get them in the first second. You don't even have a second. You can lose them in yeah. the first. I, I did a video once. I loved it. And they go, ah, man, you paused for half a second. You probably lost half your viewers. I'm like, what? Like, you know, like we're used to like two minute long things. These, you know, now yeah. it's like the attention span is 30 seconds, 15 seconds. You know, so. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking at a reel I put out. No, I was looking at a TikTok I put out. And it got, it, it's up to 10,000 views. Ooh, that's awesome. But I looked at the retention. <laughs> it didn't even get to the funny part, seven percent, seven percent of the people got to the funny part. Well, people had to have been watching because that's on TikTok. That's how it works, right? So if like, if you like, I always get two hundred thirty, which means I don't make it past the first gate. Yeah, that's and then yeah. like, if you get past that's the what, first, that's why I got almost all the rest of them. This yeah, one. so if you get past that gate, someone must be watching at least a little bit of it. So yeah, so. but I think. 90% were done after two seconds and it was 7% that made it almost to the end. And that was the funny part. So, yeah, no, that's, it, I think it's still awesome. The, uh, nobody cares about that. They only care about 10,000. And then <laughs> about you, the funny thing is on YouTube, my YouTube channel, which, you know, it doesn't blow anything up, but it's interesting to look at like the 30 day numbers. And it's like, you know, like my Angela Cartwright episode constantly is just pulling in tons of listens. I don't know why, uh -huh. you know, but people are just, that's a very popular one. You know, there's certain yeah. ones and like my Rocky Laporte one. And some of these, like the older ones, like a Rocky Laporte one. <laughs> I don't even know if they're any good. I don't even know what they're listening to, yeah. but. Oh. Rocky Laporte's great. Oh, I love Rocky Laporte. I, I, I just I remember like, it was my early days. I remember that episode and it was good. Okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes my sometimes I come out of a an episode feeling a certain way about it, you know? I mean, not that one. Rocky Laporte was a joy. I love Rocky Laporte. He's one of my favorite comics. But like, you know, certain times you talk to like sometimes I have high expectations and it's like Yeah. You know. I don't know. Like, you know, sometimes I, I talk to someone and like, they'll be like, what's your name? I'm like, you don't know my name. How do I didn't yeah. know my name? I mean, it's like, I get that I came through your publicist and all that, but you think at least you would know my name. And then you have some people who are like, oh, I listened to a couple of your episodes. You know, I'm so excited to talk to you. And I'm like, you know, that was interesting. Like I had, um, I, 
I talked to a lot of people who were like teen stars, right? In like the 70s, mm-hmm. Michael Gray and all that kind of stuff. And and so I always talk about Tiger Beat. <laughs> like I always would, that would always be like one of the things I would look up was like Tiger Beat headlines about that person. You know, like who does Michael Gray love? You know, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, because Tiger Beat was just such a thing. You know what I mean? And yeah, then one day, about, a, I don't know, not too long ago, I get this DM. And they're like, ah, oh, I'm sorry I didn't I find your podcast sooner, but would you like to introduce Anne? Would you like to interview Ann Moses? You know, she wrote this book. She was the uh, editor of Tiger Bee from 1978 to 72. I'm like, oh, those are some sweet years. And it was like yeah. when she was 21, she wrote a book. I'm like, sure, can you send me the book? Yeah. So read the book. And like this woman, that, and she was so nice. She was so cool. And you know, she was one of those people. She's like, oh, I listened to a lot. I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, because yeah. they get the vibe of what's about to happen. And and so, but it was so cool. I mean, this person's lived, I mean, it was just like in four years did more in her life than most yeah. people will ever do. I mean, I mean, it's just like, it was crazy, crazy amount of stories. And, uh, but they, I mean, that's, that's fun when someone just finds me like that, you know? Yeah. And it was funny because I looked and like, She's been doing this book tour for like a long, long time, and I never noticed it before. And uh, but it was fine. It was fun. You know, they called me. My big moment was when Burt Ward called to be on my show. I had, yeah, he was a big deal. Like when I, he was episode fifty and episode two hundred fifty, I've interviewed him twice. And I don't interview a lot of people twice, just mostly because I've got so many people I haven't even released yet. And yeah, <laughs> and it's like you know, I usually exhaust. There's a lot of, you know, it's, there's a lot that goes into every interview, unless it's something very specific that we're going to talk. Cause I don't just shoot the shit. You know what I mean? It's like, right. And, yeah. and so, uh, but like for episode 50, when I reached out to Burt Ward and got him on my show and then everyone had him on after, but like, uh, I was so excited. Like to me, like that was the pinnacle of geekdom to get Burt yeah. Ward, Robin on my show. So later, when they called and said, hey, Burt Ward wants to come back on the show, I'm like, oh, okay. That's a nice bookend. That's pretty cool. I felt pretty yeah. good about that. You know, so I said, but here's the deal. You need to prep them. Here's everything we talked about. We're not telling these stories again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I gave them the list. <laughs> I go, we're talk- you can still talk about your dog food because I love your dog food. But like, yeah. Uh, but we're- How many dogs does he have? Oh, he's got like, He's raised, I think he's saved like over 17,000. It's like, yeah, crazy. And he's story. got like, he's got like 50 at any given time or his house. Or yeah. Like and these are large dogs yeah. too. Yeah. Great yeah. guy. Really nice guy. And yeah, so that was fun. So yeah. So we talked about different stuff the second time. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be, I'm like, I want to be able to one day if I ever put these two together, I want them to be different, you know? So, you know, plus I, you know, you know I don't want to hear the same stories again either. Right. Know? Yeah. So what percentage of your interviews, and you don't have to name names, but you can if you want, uh, were you pretty disappointed? The the ones that said, what's your name again, and, or just really didn't open up to a real interview? How, what percentage would you say were like that? Oh, out of 100%? Out of 100% yeah. Two. I mean, it's like, that's good. That's good. It's, it's yeah. very rare. And a lot of times 
them not knowing my name is really I'll blame their publicist. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but it does throw me. You know what I mean? Like, like one person was like, what's your name? And I was, it was a double punch. And, uh, and it was like, what's your name, Jeff? And I, and, uh, how long were we talking for? Well, I blocked an hour, an hour, <laughs> which now means you've never listened to my, you didn't even look at my podcast, you know, cause there's yeah. none that are less than 45 minutes long. And right. Which means we probably talked for an hour and it probably got edited down, you know, editing stuff out. You know, they had to walk away cause their dog was doing something for a minute and which i always edit out it always drives me crazy when people leave a lot of that in anyway yeah. but uh, but that throws me it throws me off yeah and yeah and so but that's rare i mean honestly if there's only been a couple that i know i'll probably never air i'm like you know what yeah. with it. it's like i i did the little thing where i'm like an old credit you know which usually everyone gets a good laugh out of and stuff like that it like annoyed her or something. And then I was just like, and then something I said, uh, I made a joke about being the quiet one in school or something. She said something and I said, oh, I was a quiet one. She goes, really? And I was just like, oh, Jesus. Fuck. Like, all right. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck I did, but okay. <laughs> oh, man. I guess that's one good thing about doing remote interviews. <laughs> I know, right? That's like, <laughs> I mean, most of them are like super great. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, yeah. There's, um, you know, my, my regrets are if I talk to someone and I didn't feel like I, I prepared enough for the Eric Roberts interview that I did, but I didn't have a choice. You know what I mean? I was like, I get a call on a Thursday and they're like, you can interview Eric Roberts at four o'clock on Tuesday. You don't say no. You don't know if it's going to yeah. come around again. I wasn't going to pass that up, you know? And you know, there's just, the problem was it was the strike and it was like, and he's done 800 things, you know, it's like, yeah, you, know, you oh, gotta, yeah. you gotta, it's hard to prepare. You gotta like focus on something, but yeah. I mean, it was fine. It was, it was a fun interview and nicest guy in the world. <laughs> Talk about yeah. him and Ronnie Cox, you know, they, you'd think they're like assholes or douchebags because of the characters they play. You know, yeah. Ronnie Cox was the bad guy in uh, RoboCop and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, they're, you think they're these mean guys, and they're like the sweetest people in the world. <laughs> yeah, Eric they're Roberts. Just yeah. yeah, it seemed like after uh, Pope of Greenwich Village, he, Pope of Greenwich Village, he, um, he just got all evil villain-type roles. Yeah, yeah. It's sometimes when you, you trip into a certain thing, like you. Yeah. You can do that, but... Uh, but yeah, I was like, I remember, I remember Nicholas Hammond. He was Spider Man, and when the big, the new Spider Man movie was coming out, so he was seventy seven Spider Man, and the new, he did an interview in like uh, Hollywood Reporter, and so everyone just kept rerunning that article, that interview. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna call him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so he was great, and like. I have like this, I have these like running themes. I think of them as like guest trading cards in my head. You know, so I have uh -huh. like, you know, Burt Ward, original Robin, Nicholas Hammond, original Spider-Man, John Wesley Shipp, the original Flash, Bill, uh, Michael Gray, the original Billy Batson. You know, so like those are all like OG superheroes, you know, and then yeah. I, you know, I've got like three people from the Orville, which is one of my favorite shows. And 
you know, three people from Happy Days and three people from The Love Boat. You know, so sometimes if like if like I find one person, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna try and get more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You build got a up, complete whole collection. Yeah, build up groups. You know. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I think I, I was uh, I was thinking about your uh, that that interview with Eric Roberts, and so we're both watching Suits, and he played a bad guy. In I just suits. finished Suits, by the way. Did you? I was going to ask you. And my thing is, is man, I really want to have uh, the guy that played Lewis Litt. What's his name? I reached out to all of them. <laughs> did you? And d- did you get any answer or did you just get? I think one person said, email this person. And the person who played Jessica Pearson, I think her name's Gloria or Gina, gave me a flat out no. She didn't, but her people did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I email, I, I sent a thing to all of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, nothing. So, well, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it my goal to get Lewis Slate. All right. Well, like you get them, get them for me. If I get them, I'll get them for you. I will. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so let's talk about this uh, stampede social thing that you're doing that, that I've signed up for and haven't done a thing with since that I really probably should. I guess when I start releasing episodes, that'd be a good time to use it. So social media, Instagram, link in bio, nobody uses it, and go. So it solves all the problems for creators. So in this sense, if we're talking about podcasters as creators, which they are, mm-hmm. you know, we create episodes or we have sponsors. And, you know, we... Everybody says, go to my link in bio. And that's usually a convoluted link tree or a web page that looks like your Instagram. And so this way you can, and you get no information from that. You really don't know who did it. Really, that's part mm-hmm. of the problem as well. And so with Stampede Social, we built an entire suite of tools. Basically, it puts your Instagram on steroids. So you connect to it. And the main thing that it does is, it creates an automation and it's all automated where if we were talking, you would say, Hey, if you want to listen to the conversation with Jeff comment, hashtag Jeff below. And then they automatically get a DM from Scott Curtis's account with a link to the episode. And then you have a record as the podcaster of everyone that requested every episode or, you know, every episode that they requested, it's a full engagement database that you have. And so you start to understand, okay, these posts drove the most engagement. These are the posts. These are the episodes that were the most requested, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's one thing that it does really well. And then it also monitors each post and reel that you're doing over a period of time. And so as people comment, it stores all those comments in a database. So for posts, reels, and live events, you're collecting every comment that comes in. And so suddenly, like I have one influencer has over 15,000 comments in his database. This is a rich kind of reservoir of information as a creator to get ideas of what people like, don't like, future content, all that kind of stuff. And we have cool AI tools built in that'll analyze a particular post and tell you things about those comments for that particular post. Uh, But also we have these cool AI tools that will, you can respond. So you can say, like I set up my voice as witty comedian. 
So if you comment to a post, I can use the AI helper and it'll give me a suggestion. Hey, here's a response. What's cool about it is to geek out for a second is it reads the caption and then creates the response to your comment in context to the caption. So yeah. because we're able to grab a lot of the data, um, it's not like a, just a blind, like you said, hello, and then I generate some random response to hello. There's, it's a pretty in-depth thing. It's pretty cool. And so you got that. You can do post-level giveaways. We have winner selection tools built right into the database. If you have a book, if you're like an author, you can have people use a hashtag and picture with your book and tag you and it'll collect all those for you. When I speak, I have a QR code that opens up my Instagram DM. So I set up a campaign when I'm on stage, people scan that QR code and they type in hashtag slides and then they get a, my presentation while I'm doing it. And what's oh. cool about that, if you think of yourself as an author or you're doing a webinar or trying to get people to sign, you're literally creating a lead list from the audience. Otherwise, most mm -hmm. QR codes just go to the web page. You have no yeah. idea how many people actually scanned it. And most of the time, mm -hmm. even if they do scan it, it opens up a browser on their phone that they never go to. So this way, mm -hmm. in their DMs and you see over 100% click-through rate. And so it does all this cool stuff. We actually, you're excited for you to go back in. We just updated the UI, made it a lot easier to use. I think it was easy to use, but we made it even easier and more intuitive, yeah. more intuitive I should say. And so, um, yeah, so it's just, it's a matter of, you know, then you take, take everything you set up, which is real easy to do and get people to start engaging with you. So the idea though, too, is because all the comments are collected is you don't have to necessarily send people to an episode. You can get people talking. Hey, so if you're interviewing someone famous, Lewis Litt, um, Richard, what's his Anyway, but if, Rick Hoffman. Rick Hoffman. Rick Hoffman. If you're interviewing Rick Hoffman. You go, hey, what's your favorite Rick Hoffman? You can start a conversation about Rick Hoffman, you know, and then all the, you know, so then you're collecting all that information. So you can start to understand what people might want to ask you to ask him or stuff like that. So right. a lot of cool ways. So it's a matter of getting to the data in ways that in the past you couldn't do. Can't wait to dig in and start using it because uh, I, I, I think it's really cool. And, you know, I've gone to a few Lincoln bios and sometimes they've got so many links in there, you get lost. You, you don't even know what you want to click. Well, yeah, that's, that's a thing. And it's like the problem with Instagram, everyone's complacent with the mediocre, mediocre way that it works. So yeah. they just accept it. So, yeah. yeah, being the new sheriff in town saying, no, there's more. There's more to this world. You know, we can, we can amp you up pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah. I posted on threads for the first time since threads became a thing. I think I did it for like a day and then I never opened it back up. I had to update the app and stuff. It, it had been so long and I got no engagement. So I, I, I get nothing. three likes. I get three likes. Yeah. yeah. So threads. So Twitter is bad now. It's it's X and Elon made it bad. It's caustic and and just a ter it's it's a bad place to be and Threads didn't do trending stuff, so you can't really follow anything there. So do you think anybody's going to make a real substitute for Twitter or do you think Threads will get smart and and take some of the goodness from Twitter or what do you think's going to happen? 
I would hope they would, but I don't know what's taking them so long. You know, they had such an, yeah. a, an advantage. They, they moved so quick and so hard and then didn't, it still don't have the tools that allow a social media manager to just post the threads, you know? Yeah. But the problem with threads is it's not a separate application. It's just a feature extension of Instagram. Right? right. Which is what turned me off kind of right away. Cause I was an Instagram, I was a Twitter guy. And so mm -hmm. when they opened up a Twitter version, I'm like, Oh, all right, finally. And, but the problem was, no, you'd only get a percentage of the followers you had on Instagram. So suddenly the people that were huge on Instagram are now huge on threads, but they're not yeah. Twitter people. They don't know that world. If they did, they would mm -hmm. be on Twitter. <laughs> and so, right. yeah. you know, so as Twitter folks, I get buried by the people that are, you know, just doing what, you know, now just doing stuff there in a Twitter way, but have a hundred thousand followers because they had 200,000 followers and I've got a thousand followers. So now I have 200 followers on threads. So it's yeah. like, you know, like, all right, there was no way to, to do it. If it had been an even playing ground and, you know, then I would have been more interested in, in fighting for it. But once yeah. you realize, oh no, it's, you're just going to get swallowed up real fast. And you're do you're doomed based on however you were on Instagram. You should have just called it what it was, just uh, an extension of Instagram, which is all it is. Right. Yeah. Instagram, etc. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I hope you know maybe maybe Elon will get bored and just sell it to somebody that actually knows what social media is supposed to be. And yeah, I don't get why he. Well, I think he tried not to buy it, and then they forced him to buy it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. They called him on his bluff. Yeah, <laughs> they should have. They should have let him walk away. But yeah, they wanted. Yeah. They wanted the money, and then they destroyed the platform. So right. he destroyed yeah. it, but they knew he would. So. Did you know anybody that worked for Twitter that got canned? Not specifically. Not I knew. I knew a few. Yeah, they got canned by email. By email. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Nice. You, you you need to return all equipment and uh you no longer work here. Nice. That's harsh. That's that's one way to do it. Man, it's been great talking to you. Um, you know, if you don't know it, I like you. I think you're a good person and um I'm glad you're my friend. Okay. I feel the same way about you. Thank you though. I appreciate right. that. So where can people find you on social media? Because you do social media. My personal Twitter is at Bigmacher, B-I-G-M-A-C-H-E-R. Stampede.social is, is my website for Stampede Social. Jeff Dewaskin show on Twitter or Instagram from Classic Conversations. I just never changed the handle because I didn't want to lose everything. Uh, so that's why that's Jeff Dewaskin show. But um, yeah, you can just Classic Conversations. Check it out. I think there's, it's interesting because like I'm almost at 300 episodes. I know I, I yeah. said like 210 because there's like 80 bonus episodes from crossing the streams that I put on there, but so I'm nearing 300 and it's, but even with like over the 200 or so uh, interviews that I've done, it's interesting because now I realized you probably got this with behind the bits where it was like, people could say, oh, I know who that comedian is, or I know who this famous person is. I'll listen to that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas when you start, choose, there's yeah. only 10. Yeah, they can pick and choose. 
Um, yeah. My goal is like, you can hear me and I've got a funny story. So my neighbor comes over for Halloween and he says, I was driving to Chicago and I was on my Amazon app and the podcast I usually listen to didn't have anything new. And it said, Jeff Dewaskin recommends. So I click on it and then suddenly I realize, wait a minute, this is Jeff Dewaskin. <laughs> He's like, I listened to your podcast the entire way to Chicago. It's like a four or five hour drive and back. Uh -huh. And it was amazing. I called my wife and goes, Jeff has a podcast and it's really good. And it's like, I was like, thank you. But here's the funny part about it. He goes, yeah, I listened to the new episodes. And then I started at episode one and both my wife at the same time went. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> 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 it's like, you know, it's like anyone who does podcasting knows it's like, if I've done 300 episodes, I always joke. If you listen to the podcast backwards, you go, Oh, why is it getting worse? You know? So, yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> the early episodes were different. I know. You know what I mean? I like, I, yeah, I would laugh if I listened to those early episodes and like some of the like bits and sticks and stuff that I did. Yeah. And, so some of those bits were pretty funny. I mean, the fake sponsors and stuff. I, so, I like some of that, but it does. Some people didn't even get. Some people didn't get yeah. that I was doing fake sponsors, and so yeah. I for a long time I would do before I had real sponsors. I would take something obscure from yeah. my guest, which made it harder to do the episode. It actually added a lot of time to the episode. Yeah, and. So, for example, I was talking to Billy Van Zant from Jaws Two, right? Mm -hmm. So I I watch when I watch the movie, I go, all right, they're hanging out at a bar, and so I find out what the name of that bar is, and then I find any screenshots from that, you know, that might have a poster up or something like that, and I do an ad for that bar, but I never mm -hmm. tell anyone that that's what it is, right? Right. It's just like I was doing a Kelly Maroney, one of my early ones. She did this movie, a chopping mall, right? Yeah. And so great she, movie, great movie. So she blows up the robot in this paint store. So the ad in that episode is that paint store, right? Uh -huh. So I always joked. I was like, when they do the criterion edition, someone will figure out, you know, there's two things, the name that I say in the beginning, all right, mm -hmm. Joe, or now it's a female. So I do it. I say a female name always is usually someone related some way to my guest, right? Mm -hmm. But usually, yeah. so, I mean, it was just the things that I did that to make, you know, and yeah. originally when I started my podcast, I was like, I thought people would listen to every episode. So I thought you could make it kind of like, like a serial, you know, like where you keep building. Right, yeah. Then I realized nobody's listening to every episode. So it's like yeah. nobody, nobody's getting these patterns or anything like that. And, right. and so, but yeah, I, at some point I used to, do a lot of things that I cut out, which made creating the episodes faster. And I think mm -hmm. my retention went up. You know, that's one of the things if yeah. you want to finish on a lesson about podcasting. So I would do about seven minutes of shtick because I wanted people to get to know me. Um, and then I would get to the interview. Uh, and when I cut all that out, and then the only lead in is a minute and a half to the interview. And most of that is just me telling you who you're about to hear. And then like 30 seconds of whoever the past guest was and then back mm. to the guest and into the interview, my retention yeah. rate went like up 50%. Yeah. 
Yeah. It went through yeah. the roof. Like like that how that the percentage of that they would listen to the full episode. So and that was yeah. good feedback that I got. I got feedback, you know. I was like, maybe you should drop this, you know what I mean? And I was like, all right, you know, you got can't fall in yeah. love, can't fall in love with certain things. So you try them. Right. Everyone try everything. Yeah. And uh, you know, but you gotta be able to evolve. So Yeah. When I listen to WTF, Mark Marin always does like 10 minutes up top about his life and i used to listen and now i just don't care anymore he's my age he's got the same shit going on as i do i don't care he's living my life except for he's a little bit more famous so i just fast forward through all that it was yeah because it was a little bit once you know mark maron it's like because i gotta say mark maron is an amazing interviewer always great i love so there was a time where i think i paid for his app maybe i still do Mm -hmm. and i don't know and uh, like when I would drive to work, I would listen to WTF, and like I probably burned through hundreds of episodes of yeah. WTF, Same, and yeah. and I would go back because he, I mean, he had really great conversations with everyone. Yeah. At some point, he just started interviewing everyone, but originally yeah. it was like hardcore comedians and really great. But but he's just a great interviewer. And uh, but yeah. the ten minute shtick, the two things that bothered me about him was the 10 minute shtick and then the first five minutes of every episode was scott are we okay are we because i'm 15 years ago you know, we were in a thing and you looked at me and i was like is he looking at me and i can't tell if he's looking at me and are we okay are we okay before we go are we okay and the other guy's like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about and i was like you know that kind of thing so it was just like yeah. some of that you know that kind of thing but but that's mark Marin too so it's like right yeah, yeah. But yeah, I always, I always, I always feel bad because I think when people talk about how they talk about Joe Rogan and everybody, mm-hmm. they should be talking about Mark Marin. Like, like yeah. to me, he put the time in, and maybe he was too early, and mm-hmm. right, and so. But in terms of the great, I'll call him a celebrity podcast. In terms of great celebrity podcasts who really, really earn it and do it, I don't think there's anyone better than mark Marin, so right yep same he's 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 the best and and the nice thing about him is is you know if he's pissed off at a guest he tells them right and if a guest is pissed off at him they they tell him yeah and i love it it's a real conversation he's got a good he's got a good relationship and he dives in and um, yeah yeah it's good you know who else is podcast i love and then i know you gotta go but the uh I uh, he's he's gone now, but uh, the Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, I loved Gilbert Gottfried's podcast because him and his co-host, whose name escapes me, who's great, I Frank Santo Padre. Thank you. He deserves yes. to be remembered, so I apologize. Yeah, but I kind of think of my podcast as the same podcast as Gilbert Gottfried's. I don't mean like, like I've had a lot of guests that have been on his podcast, like a lot. Yeah, like almost right. every one of my people have been on his podcast five years ago. Yeah, and. But I'm inspired by the detail of knowledge of their guests. They don't phone. They never phoned anything in. These guys know details on the details of their guests. And that's why the the conversations are just so great. So great. Yeah. 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 And Frank Frank did all that work. You know, Frank Frank was one that knew everything. I, I think. Gilbert just he came in, read their IMDB, and just started 
talking about Danny Thomas. <laughs> but yeah, but that's a that's a fun one. That's uh, and Milton Milton Berle schlong. Right, right, right. But he probably lived a lot of it too, so he has. Yeah, he did. He yeah, brought yeah. his unique it, perspective, and then uh, Frank had all the details. But yeah. Yeah, Frank was really good at steering it back when it needed to go back, and 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 some of them he couldn't. Now, you know. the, now the one thing I don't like <laughs> about the only criticism I have of their podcast, which is of any podcast that does this, the intros are too long. It's like, yeah, you got to do a short version of the intro. There's no, I've never done more than a ten second intro, and and like they didn't say great intro. It's all about the energy you put behind the intro. Yeah. Which, by the way, yeah, you should always yeah, write down yeah. your intro. That's the part you really yes. That getting that right is what uh, puts your guests in, in a good mood. And yeah, but they just they some people read literally the entire I am like five minutes. It's like guys cover something in the in the interview. Yeah, you know what I mean. Don't yeah, don't. That, that's yeah. Don't, that I mean that became kind of a running trope. You know, Gil would just read and. You know, sometimes if they were in 150 movies, he I know every, he's every one, every single one. It's like, but it's just kind of funny. So, yeah, it was nutty, man. Thanks so much for doing the show. And uh, just so you know, folks, this is a this is a re-recording because I fucked up the first recording. So I, I think I like this one better. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I, we got all the bullshit yeah. out of the way. It's like, <laughs> yeah, my my head my head's in a better space, and um, I, I'm just I'm just glad that we. Uh, got to reconnect and you were so nice to reconnect with me so soon yeah of course it's perfect perfect time yeah so thank You're you a good person you are a good person too my friend and uh until we talk again